This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. We are back for another, yet another action-packed fun-filled episode, episode 68 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. This is October 29th, the year of our Lord, 2014. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me with bated breath is my co-host, Brittany Page. You couldn't find something to criticize about what I was doing. I wasn't <laughs> yawning. I wasn't taking a drink. I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting here. You were waiting aggravatedly. Well, if we're going to be honest, I was trying to read up on some things I have to read real quick. Oh, so, because you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to read. Trying to read. I trying to be prepared. <laughs> so everything sounds good. We're professionals here. We are. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I claim to be a professional broadcaster. Although our uh, reviewer, APT342, does not appreciate how you pronounce words. He or she does not. So we're not going to belabor that point. We appreciate he or she listening. For some reason, I think it's a woman. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I think it's a woman. Mm. I don't know why. Interesting. I'm just going to say it's a woman. Okay. So we'll go with that. October 29th, though. How how, uh, crazy is that? We're at the tail end of 2014. Right. And it is still hot. Yeah, it's still miserable. So that's great. Over 80 degrees mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Southern California. The hellscape that is Southern California. The good news for Brittany and myself is that we are, well, it's how to know how good it is because of the destination, but we are traveling to Spokanistan. I lovingly, Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington. I lovingly refer to it as Spokanistan. Um, another hellscape. We just can't, we can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. We're going there for Halloween, as we've been talking about. We do have our costumes lined out, which will end up on the I Doubt It Facebook page. So we'll be waiting. And we are kind of looking for, well, we're looking forward to it for many reasons. One, we're going to go up there and see our best friends, and that's always a good time. Halloween has become a tradition. Uh, very fun. We, you know, we, we've got some great family. Our friends really truly are. Our family, and we uh, we appreciate them very, very much. But we always enjoy f- traveling because of flying, because of all the characters, and because I carry my iPhone like a weapon. I shouldn't say that prior to flying, but because <laughs> I always have it at the ready to record funny shit that goes on. And now that we have a show, I'm for sure going to have that audio recorder ready to roll so we can get some sweet, sweet shit. I'll say this now, and then we will end up with nothing, but... I'm sure. I always... There was one trip, and this is on YouTube, and we'll put a link to it up on the I Doubt It Facebook page, but there was a gentleman off to our left. We were in a row. He was off to the the opposite row. And it was a very empty flight. Yeah. a, A dark... It was dark. It was night. And he was reading his book while scratching his head. And it wasn't just a couple of scratches. It It went on four minutes. Profusely scratching. I took about 45 or a minute long video. 45 second or a minute long. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. 45 second to a minute long video. And it was one of maybe 15 videos. It just seemed like the best one to post. Right. He was continuously scratching his head. And then he would pull his like couple of Homer Simpson hairs forward. That's exactly right. And then he would comb it back over and then he would start scratching it again. And I'm, you know, I have germaphobe tendencies. Yes, you do. And I was disgusted by this because the next person to sit in that seat is just going to sit there and marinate in his skin cells. Also, his skin flakes are invariably getting transferred throughout the the air system of the ship. Right. You now have his skin flakes in your body because you breathe them in. How, how does that make you feel? I want to be dead. Yeah? Okay, well. Uh, the other thing was the vociferousness with which he was scratching his head. It was clear that it wasn't his epidermis, his skin that was itching. 
I think his brain was itching. And he was just desperately trying to get in there. It was like he was trying to remove a cyst or something. <laughs> he was trying to perform some sort of minor surgery on himself. Yeah, that's exactly by what. By clawing something out. Yeah, he it was clawing. It Let's, was bad. We will... I think I called him scr- scratch, Itchy McScratchy Head mm-hmm. or something on YouTube. But we'll, this will be up before... It'll be up on Facebook before you actually listen to this, probably. So... So that's it. We're we're looking forward to the trip for many reasons. For many reasons. Before we move on and get into the meat of the show, I want to thank all of you, the listeners. I want to thank you for, not only for listening, I know I say it at the end of every episode and, and, and throughout that we love you for all the time you take listening and all your support and dedication and for helping us be as successful as we are in as short a time as it took to be successful at this. I want to thank you the specifically the, the listeners who give also of their wallets. Uh, the Amazon.com link users, man, we that has been an awesome resource. We really appreciate you using that link. And the newest thing, the Patreon.com account, um, we only have four, four and I don't mean only, like, oh, it's only. But we have we only have four donators, p- patrons, I guess. Would right, be. We right. only have four patrons. But it it moves me. I don't want to sound like a, like a douche. But it really moves me that people are giving of their hard-earned money. We always say that with the Amazon thing. If you're going to spend your money anyway, just go ahead and use that link. This is money that you weren't going to spend there anyway. This is money you're specifically allocating to us because you you want to support this effort. You, I'm sure, don't always agree with the shit that falls out of my head, or even Britney's for that matter. Which but is far- probably more so <laughs> agreeing with me, <laughs> more metered and reasonable than mine. But you are you're clearly interested in moving the conversation forward, whether you agree with me or not. And I love you for it. Listen, I, there, there's not enough words. I can't say enough thank yous and how much we appreciate it. So I just wanted to start off with that. Moving right along to supportive listeners, we we got a response email. I knew this was going to happen. I, I actually thought we would get more response on the tattoo thing than we did. That didn't happen. We got an email about my comments on the Hillary Clinton um, slip-up, let's say. And for your, just as a reminder, Hillary Clinton was caught on tape saying this. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody tell you that, um, you know, it's corporations and businesses that create jobs. And we had a listener, Craig, from Utah, took issue with that, and emailed the show. So he says, Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I'm listening to episode 67 of I Doubt It, and I thought I'd chime in on your Dolomocracy segment. First off, props to you, Brittany, (laughs) for bringing (laughs) Jesse back from the brink on the poor people are golden comment. That could have ended very badly, but you recovered nicely. I do think that there is some misunderstanding about the clips from Obama and Clinton, though. We'll start with the clip from Hillary Clinton. She was talking about how trickle-down economics don't work and we need certain economic policies to lead to prosperity and so on. Jesse, you singled out her comment about how corporations and businesses don't create jobs, as did all the right-wing news sources. And not without reason, because it was a weird statement, and she didn't really elaborate within that speech itself. However, when Brittany asked if Clinton was trying to say that people create jobs, you said no, she's saying the government creates jobs. But there was no justification for that interpretation within her speech. And to bolster your point, you skipped to a different speech given by President Obama two years ago that sort of used similar language, but was actually talking about something completely different. Okay, well, let's address this isn't the whole email. I'm just stopping her because I want to address what he said uh, initially. I was talking about my dis, my not understanding why there's that tone throughout democratic policymakers that if you have a business you didn't create that the government helped you and if 
that businesses and corporations don't create jobs. The government helps. Oh, it's the government. Yeah, listen, I understand that where they were going with it, but these people, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama especially, are skilled expert orators. They are the pinnacle of communicators. Hillary Clinton's one of the highest paid people to give speeches, right. isn't she? Exactly. So my problem with it is, is that well, she didn't elaborate. And then she she actually, I predicted she was going to backtrack and back away from this, from the her comments. And she has. She corrected her she, comments. She most certainly have. And I think she We'll has. get to that in a second. The, she most certainly has. And I, I believe the, the, the wording she used was that she was shorthand. She was just using shorthand and didn't explain it. Do you want to get to it now? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. She says, I shorthanded this point the other day, so let me be absolutely clear about what I've been saying for a couple decades. Our economy grows when businesses and entrepreneurs create good paying jobs here in America where workers and families are empowered to build from the bottom up and the middle out. Not when we hand out tax breaks for corporations that outsource jobs or stash their profits overseas. Some of that is right and some of that is wrong. Um, so she ended up saying that corporations do create jobs. That's sure. what she ended up correcting yeah, her statement she, to say. She's she's pandering to the far left of her party when she says things like, and it was calculated. It wasn't shorthand. She knew what she was saying. Just like, oh, listen, here's the thing. If Mitt Romney must be held to that standard when he says dumb shit about the 47%, and when he goes off his talk track and says, well, corporations are people too, my friend, when he says asshole things like that, and it's his, no, that's what he means, that's what he means, then goddammit, that's what Hillary means, and that's what Obama means. You can't have it both ways. It can't be that the evil Republicans... They mean what they say, but the Democrats, oh, that's not what she meant. She meant something else. She's not dumb. Absolutely not. She's a very, very, she's way smarter than I am. Obama is way smarter than I am, or will ever hope to be, both of those people. They know what they're fucking saying. They know what they're saying. Okay. Do you want to continue reading on? Y yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, Obama was saying that even for someone who works really hard and builds their own business, they still don't do it on their own. His point was that there are roads and schools and police stations and courts and contract laws. There's things called commas there, Craig, that all support <laughs> the systems wow. of business that we have in this country. And it's not possible for anyone to be isolated from that. So we're all in this together. Okay, hang on. Well, he's he's calling me on the next sentence. So I want to get to it. Uh, okay. okay, no, you go ahead. Here's Here's the thing, Craig. And I don't, I'm not shitting on Craig. Listen, Craig, we appreciate you listening to the show very fucking much. It's awesome. I was just being funny about the comments. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to, just because we don't agree doesn't mean we don't, we don't see eye to eye on many, many things. Here's my thing. Why is it, Craig, that you have to clarify what the president of the United States said? His, why didn't he say, well, you know, uh, there are roads and schools and police stations and courts and, and contract laws that all support the system of business that we have in this country. And it's not possible for anyone to be isolated from that. So we're all in this together. Why didn't Obama say exactly what you said? In instead, he said, if you have a business, you didn't create that. Those things are miles apart. Th they're miles apart. So it's either he's pandering to his Democratic base, the far left that he identifies with because he, he campaigned as a progressive. He hasn't led like that, but he certainly campaigned like that. Why is it you are smarter than the president of the United States or a better communicator? So he goes on to say, for that reason, Brittany, I would also take issue with your statement that since you became an adult, the government hasn't done anything for you. If you live in this country, you exist in a society which is supported in various ways by the government, and you can't escape that even if you don't personally receive any monetary payments from the government. And that's good. I should have clarified that that's what I meant when I said the government hasn't done anything for me since I've become an adult. Because when I was younger, I was on Medicaid, I was on food stamps, I was getting many government handouts. But since becoming an adult, I'm no longer using those well, things. And, and ask, that's what I was speaking about specifically. Sure. 
let me ask Craig a, a question that he, he can't answer because he's not here. I should have maybe asked him to come on the show. Um, where do you think the government gets all that money to give away? Well, it gets it from corporations that they vilify. The United States of America has the highest corporate tax rate of any country in the industrialized world. Anyone. More than France. More than Scandinavian countries. More than your typically vilified socialist kind of nations. We we punish our, our, our corporations. Now, listen, I agree with what Hillary was saying about corporate tax breaks and and, and the problems there. We don't need to be giving corporate welfare to oil companies. That, that's problematic. But if we were to lower the corporate tax rate, the basic corporate tax rate, things would be better. And I think we would get more money into the coffers that is the United States government. Because as it is, we have corporations, very unpatriotically, I believe, running for the fucking hills leaving our country and headquartering themselves overseas after mergers like Burger King just did, and they're going to Canada. And this actually very often happens in the state of California, which is terrible for business. And terrible for the state. Right. And and it's actually been in the news a lot lately that large corporations have been fleeing the country from California or fleeing from California to go elsewhere because the taxes are so high. But then guess what happens? All these hundreds and thousands of people lose jobs. That's right. Recently, uh, Toyota Motor Corporation, they 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 just extricated their entire Toyota Tundra um, operation, the uh, manufacturing operation. They're leaving California and moving to Texas. Why is that? Why is California going to lose out on all of those jobs? And therefore, all of the tax revenue from those specific incomes that are, that are, they pay and all of the corporate revenue from taxing those corporations and that product, they're going to they're going to miss out on all the, the the shipping, everything related to this massive operation, plus like 7000 jobs. Right. They're missing out on it because they taxed that company too high and Texas offered a better deal. Right. So the same principles apply to to a larger scale international uh, relationship between countries that exists between states. That's what I'm saying. Right. So listen, I'm not sorry. I'm not I'm not completely shitting on the points that Obama and and recently Hillary Clinton made at all. I'm just not Keynesian. Right. In my economic approach. Yeah. So he goes on to say, Clinton, however, was really talking about economic policy, although in a pretty disjointed and rather tone-deaf way. After her non-sequitur that businesses and corporations don't create jobs, she continued by saying that trickle-down economics don't work, and that when Bill Clinton was president, he brought arithmetic to Washington. Once again, she didn't explain much, but she was actually going on solid footing with these comments. I'm not sure why you didn't discuss this part of her comments much, but in case there was some confusion, here's the rundown on that. Trickle-down economics is, of course, the Reagan-era catchphrase for the idea that if you tax rich people and corporations less... Hang on. It's not a Reagan-era catchphrase. It's a pejorative term for what is called supply-side economics. What the Reagan-era catchphrase was Reaganomics. And people who wanted to demonize the the, the, the policies, they called it trickle-down economics. For the idea that if you tax rich people and corporations less, they will have more money and use that money to hire more people, and the increase in economic activity will actually lead to higher government revenue from taxes despite reduced tax rates. Now we have about 40 years worth of economic data that do indeed definitively prove that this idea is false. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Making a blanket statement and using the word definitively prove, it's like saying that Islam has been definitively proved to be the correct faith. Because as many experts as you can show me that say that Keynesian economics and the Clinton era model for economics, which by the way, I'm going to talk about now. Now the, 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 the trap has been opened. The box has been opened and Pandora has escaped. I'm going to talk about it. Uh Oh, uh, it hasn't, it has absolutely not been proved to not work. There's a, there's a, there's a scale. There's a, there's a spectrum 
a continuum, if you will. And you you go on and you start talking about Sam Brownback, sound Sam Brownback, the governor of Kansas, former senator from Kansas, and his experiment in Kansas, which seems to not be working. He's at one end of it, where if you take Reaganomics or trickle down economics and you take it to its crazy extreme, it's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. But if you if you use it a little bit and you put it to work, it's going to work. But you can't be extreme with it, just like you can't be extreme with the type of democratic policies. Because if what's happening now is if you tax these corporations at crazy high rates, they fucking get out of dodge. But if you do it, it like no taxes, well, then no money gets made. You have to, there has to be balance in it. And it's been my mantra on the show for a long time. The far, far right is absolutely wacky and batshit. The far, far left is just as nutter and just as kooky. Somewhere in the middle, we can find the right answer. Right. He goes on to say, it turns out that when you tax rich people and corporations less, rich people just end up having more money and corporations have higher profits and tax revenue falls. This is because corporations generally try to maximize profits and employees are a big expense and thus businesses will only hire as many employees as necessary. Lowering their taxes doesn't affect how many employees they need. And then he goes on to refer to a humorous example of that in action, the Sam Brownback conservative Kansas right, experiment, right. saying that Bill Clinton brought arithmetic to Washington was merely a statement that when you lower taxes, the government gets less taxes. That shouldn't be controversial, but it has become an article of Republican dogma that lower taxes always are always better no matter what. Here's my thing. I have less of an issue with taxing corporations than I do people. I do think, as I've stated here, I think quite forcefully that we tax our corporations too high however where it relates to people and then i'm going to get back to the bill clinton thing remind me if i get too fired up Brittany. um where it relates to people we should all expect equal protection under the law and under the government and when you want to tax a rich person at a higher percentage rate than you do a poor person or a middle class person that's problematic for the system in which we live. Why they're not getting a greater share for, for, for what they make, for their percentage. If you tax me at 28% or 26%, you should be taxing a, a multi-billionaire at that same rate. Because one, they're going to be generating more money for the government because of the fact that they... 26% of 100,000 is a certain amount. 20, 26% of 500 million is a much larger piece of pie. The other thing is, a rich person typically creates business. They own, Bill Gates, for instance, started something from scratch and has created thousands upon thousands upon thousands of jobs. Those people make money, which is taxed to give to the government. So, I will never create thousands and thousands of jobs. All you're getting from me is 26 or 28% of 100 grand. I'm using hypoth hypothetical numbers here. But a guy who's a creator, who's a bit, who's a wealthy, wealthy man, a Vanderbilt, uh, a Gates, uh, a Steve Jobs, these, these creators, these wealthy people, they create jobs and also further the compendium of wealth and tax revenue for the United States. Now, quick, quickly, and I don't want to, we're going long here on this. I didn't want to take this much time, but we're, we've, we've done it. So uh, Bill Clinton was elected in 1992. He took office January 20th, 1993. And for an entire year and a half, he had, for all, two years, for two years, he had a Democratic Congress. And did nothing. And then in 1994, there was a, rub, a Republican revolution with goddamn Newt Gingrich. And they did that contract for America where they swore in 100 days they were going to do all this shit. Part of that was welfare reform and all, this other, all these other things. Well, Clinton, he had to get in, he had to get in line or nothing was going to get done. And to his credit, he governed a little differently than anything we've seen in the modern era. So you can't give all credit to, to, to King Clinton because what he did 
he ended up being a great leader because he compromised with some of the nuttiness um, that the Republican Party had offered up. Some of it was great, but there was other, you know, it's bullshit. It was the early 90s. So anyway, that, that's all I that's all I have to say about that. All right. So he finishes up saying, anyway, those are my thoughts on that. I'm a fairly new listener to your show, and I keep listening despite the fact that Jesse pisses me off with something he says nearly every episode. Or maybe it's because of that. You do have a different take on some things than most of the atheist podcasts I listen to, and it's good not to put myself completely into an echo chamber. Besides, it's entertaining, and I kind of enjoy the cycle of stupid comment from Jesse, I rage, Brittany reels Jesse back in with something reasonable, I cool down and admit Jesse's not a total idiot. It's fun. Anyway, keep on keeping on and putting your voices out there. Thank you very much, Craig. Seriously. Yeah, no, that's great. And I also really liked how he said he doesn't want to put himself in an echo chamber. That's something we talk about a lot. We want to kind of open the dialogue and this is what we want to do. More of this kind of stuff should happen. Well, it shows that he's a smart guy. Right. Because I don't want to be in an echo chamber either. In fact, they talk about We've talked about it on the show. Different studies that point to social networks, social media, furthering the 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 tone deafness of political issues because people surround themselves with other people who agree with them that's not the case with me my best friend is a liberal he voted for obama twice britney page <laughs> my partner in crime hi everybody she voted for obama twice no oh once yes i did not I did not. I didn't vote for Mitt Romney either. So I'm not I'm not a Republican. Don't fucking think I'm a Republican. That is that is factually untrue. But moreover, thank you for listening to the show and thank you for communicating. If you want to if you want to email us and shit on me, get on it. I doubt it at dollamore.com and you can certainly, although I don't know that you could have left a less than 3 minute voicemail, Craig. You could have left a voicemail, 657-464-7609. You could also text fuck you to that number to me. That would be great. <laughs> so we've been talking about Ebola on the show and the frenzy and the frantic panic that's gone on in certain communities. We've got a story, a very heartbreaking story out of Florida of a girl who has contracted West Nile virus and is not doing well. And the latest update that we have is that she's gravely ill. She has not died yet, but it is not looking good. And my, I guess my commentary on this or my comment would be, where's the widespread panic? Not one American has died of Ebola and people are freaking out, but we've got a serious legitimate illness that people actually die from a lot in this country and no one's it's not getting any press any media at all right it's a county in florida and four residents have become infected with the virus west nile and this girl is 12 years old she's been on a ventilator for weeks she's been in an induced coma for almost three weeks wow and her name's riley kennett and it's just really tragic yeah it's sad it's also it points to the fact that where the media decides to point their cameras, that's where the American people are going to pay attention. And it's a bummer. In other Ebola news, there is a nurse that just got back from Africa, and she was helping to to treat Ebola patients in Liberia or West Africa. And when she flew in back to the United States, she flew into Newark, New Jersey, and she had a fever. And knowing from where she came, Governor Christie decided to impose a quarantine on her because of her fever and her condition. And she is now crying foul, and they're trying to make this a political issue, even though the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo, Democrat, liberal, has the same exact policy as New Jersey. He, Christie is getting flack for it. Here's a little CNN piece to give you a little background. Sure. And and one of the things that Governor Christie said is uh, recently is this morning is that he's sorry that this has been an inconvenience to you, but that he's trying to protect a public that he feels, particularly in densely populated areas, has not been properly protected by the CDC and this administration. I wanted to give you this chance to talk to Governor Christie. What would you say to him? 
You know, the first thing I would say to Governor Christie is that I wish that he would be more careful about his statements related to my medical condition. Uh, I am not, as he said, quote, unquote, obviously ill. I am completely healthy and with no symptoms. And if he knew anything about Ebola, he would know that asymptomatic people are not infectious. I understand uh, that people feel like they have a risk, and I think we can have a conversation about what further measures might look like. But I think this is an extreme that is really uh, unacceptable, and I feel like my basic human rights have been violated. And uh, I hope that he will also con consider me. Uh, and I obviously, you know, all I want is to go home to my partner, uh, who is completely happy to have me home and is not scared at all because he knows that I know more about Ebola than most people in the U.S. And if I were the unlucky person like Dr. Spencer to develop symptoms after returning home, I would be smart and do the right thing and contact the local health department and be safe uh, in going to a facility and be being isolated and tested. Uh, but this is just an extreme that we have to fight against. Here's the thing. She's whining and crying and calling crying foul that her basic human rights have been violated. She hasn't been. The only thing she's been denied is access to the, the outside world. Because when she was quarantined and she, she has since been let go, released because she had a fever and then they based it on where she was, where she had just came from. She had a fever. They quarantined her. They kept monitoring her. Her fever dissipated. She doesn't have a fever anymore. So, therefore, she doesn't have Ebola. Once they established she was no longer a health threat to the rest of the densely populated Newark, northern New Jersey area, they let her go. There was no human rights violation here. What happens or what has happened when people come back from West Africa and self-monitor, and I'm using giant, exaggerated air quotes here, is like she mentioned, Dr. Spencer. He was self-monitoring himself, self-quarantining himself, and what happened? Well, he got Ebola, he had Ebola, and he had traveled all over <laughs> the five boroughs of New York City, going to bowling alleys, traveling on three different subways. Getting some soup. Yeah, he, he's exposing, potentially exposing the densely populated, the most densely populated area in the United States with his terrible affliction, his terrible disease. Hopefully he lives. That would be terrible if he died. But he didn't do what he, and arguably, he knows more about Ebola than this lady does, than this nurse does. So her arguments just don't hold up. She, her human rights were not violated. It was out of an abundance of caution that Governor Christie agree with him or not on many things. He just wasn't wrong here. He's looking out for his citizenry. Right. I agree. Wow. You do? Mm hmm I wish I had a ding, 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 ding or some kind of a... You don't, though. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Moving on to... <laughs> in the spirit of Halloween... And in the spirit of giant, faceless corporations, evil corporations, Walmart shoved their foot straight into their own asshole and made a giant, giant mess. Yeah, so they had plus-size costumes on their website under a menu that said, Fat Girl Costumes. God damn. And it's real, and people got screenshots of it, and it's... It shows on those menus, you know, when you're on websites and like, for example, the, this Walmart one, they clicked on party and occasions, then they clicked on Halloween, then adult Halloween costumes, then women's plus size Halloween costumes, and then they were able to click on fat girl costumes. Unbelievable. And we're not talking about going as a fat girl for Halloween. No. They're listing costumes that you could buy for your fat girl. Right. Right. For the fat girl that you own, or how? I, what was going on there? Unbelievable. I mean, goddamn. Listen, I hate. Walmart. I'm making a joke about you right now. I'm assuming they were for little girls, were they not? 
No, they were for plus size women. Oh, for women. I thought it was for little girls. No. Oh, well, then, of course, that sounds tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a lot of fat girls. They're in the garage. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering what you're like. You can get one for your fat girl. What? And I bought their, the cages in which they reside on Walmart.com. Mm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Probably shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> so. Hang on. Somebody's knocking on the door. I think it might be the police. <laughs> right. <laughs> So a spokesperson for Walmart, what a great job, said this never should have been on our site. Oh, do you think? Wow. Obvious answer of the day, folks. It is unacceptable and we apologize. We are working to remove it as soon as possible and ensure that this never happens again. So Jezebel was the first to report on this. Of course they were. And they speculated that possibly this was a joke that the people who were designing the site put up on like a trial run and then they just forgot to take it down before the site went live. Wow. That seems plausible. I don't know. Unbelievable. So there you go. Good times. Yeah, crazy. Good job, Walmart. Keep up the good work. Sticking with the Halloween theme, there are some uh, just nutters. I, I don't get people. They want to turn Halloween into their personal issue, agenda-driven thing. And they, I tell you what, as I always say, I'll do my job, you do yours. Right. The scientific research obviously has shown that vaccines are safe and effective, but that hasn't stopped some organizations from pushing unfounded fears that vaccines could cause autism and other health problems in children. One of those organizations, the National Vaccine Information Center, is now encouraging parents to stick anti-vaccine warnings on Halloween candy. (laughs) And these stickers say, thinking about vaccinating your kids? Know the risk before you take it www.nvic.org, National Vaccine Information Center, your health, your family, your choice. That's a giant message to put on one of those little mini box of nerds. How do they get that on a snack size Snickers? Is it just tiny? Do they also come with like a little magnifying glass or what? I can read it. It's I can see the candies right now. It fits perfect. They designed perfectly sized stickers. It's impressive. Is it full size candy bars? No. Wow. I don't that's, think so. Uh, that's a lot of text. It's not that much. I ju- it just sounded like it because I was reading it. Yeah. Yeah. But this is crazy because it's Halloween. It's not the time to be making, first of all, your crazy weirdo thing that you have going on. You don't need to push on other kids. It's like having an anti-abortion message to go out on Halloween. Like you make your little aborted fetuses candies and you... Your, your little chocolate, you know, make your little molds and then you, you know, they're part pink and part red. Right, right. You chop them up and then give them out as candy. Yeah. Ah, abortion. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> disturbing. Um, Vox reported this, VOX.com, and they went on to say, again, there is no credible evidence that vaccines pose a risk to children. In fact, one of the healthiest things parents and their kids could do this holiday season is to get a flu shot. So they took a chance to report on this wow. while giving some good information. So That's I appreciate good. that. Speaking of good information, here's a story. See, we're going in line. Holly, uh, ha- Halloween. Then another Halloween story about c- candy and kids. And then we're going to a story, a heartwarming story about a twice convicted pedophile who self-castrated and now has been released into the wild to possibly offend again. An Orange County jury determined on October 24th that a twice-convicted child molester, Kevin Riley, who had castrated himself in a bid to win freedom, is no longer a sexually violent predator and should be released from a state mental hospital. He's 53 years old, and he plans to enroll in an outpatient program for sex offenders in Utah, And what happened, apparently, they interviewed one of the jurors, and the juror said it basically came down to three experts who testified that this man was no longer a sexually violent predator. And so they listened to the experts and decided he was free to go. Now, something that confuses me is that he castrated himself. Yeah. That doesn't seem very, very sane. That... Seems very unstable. Drastic 
radical self-mutilation. And I mean, it could be seen as, well, he's so desperate to do something so that he never offends again because he really doesn't want to. But at the same time, he went so far with it that that's not good. Well, I've got issues. I mean, that's, look, he, first of all, castrating yourself does not eliminate your sex drive. It lessens it greatly, but it doesn't eliminate it. Secondly, he already he already has committed crimes against children. I think I've made it abundantly clear. Rape, child molestation, child rape, those should be capital punishments. You should never, proverbially speaking, you should never see the light of day if you commit some of those crimes. Capital offense, capital murder, rape. You know, the the ostensible torture, rape, molestation of children, those all there are those all fall within that. So I don't think you should be getting a second chance to live on the outside with us and possibly reoffend because recidivism is almost guaranteed amongst the ranks of pedophiles, amongst the ranks of child predators who offend. Yeah, and that's what's alarming about this is he still can molest people. Mm-hmm. I mean that he can still do that. So it's it just makes me nervous and the experts can testify to what their opinion is, but they can't see into the future. This isn't the minority report. Well, they these same types of ep- experts, I'm not saying they are the same people, but the same types of experts said the same thing about the pillowcase rapist and that didn't go well either. Right. Who that is a guy here in Southern California who has raped how many, 20, 30, 40 women, uh, an enormous amount of women, and just recently got released out of a state mental facility. He had been labeled a sexually violent predator, which means you're done, and they just released him, and now he's living on his own outside uh, in a house that has been provided for him by the state of California. He raped 40 women between 1971 and 1983. And he's living on his own now, folks. At the hands of experts, quote-unquote experts, who testified before a judge that he was okay. So, take that as you will. Uh, What's this guy's name? Something Riley? Kevin Riley. Kevin Riley is moving to Utah. So, those of you listeners in Utah, uh, be on the lookout because he's leaving California and he is, he's packed his bags and he's ready to go. Lighten the mood a little bit. How about that, Brittany? You want to lighten the mood? That would be great. Well, let's talk about... I found a list while I was dicking around this week, and I found a list of different world records that each state holds. And I think it's it's very funny. Right. So we'll start with California, because that's where we are. Yay! They kind of give the top world records held in each state. So California, number one, is the largest dream catcher... Oh, God damn. Really? Nine feet in diameter. I wonder where the hell it is. Of course, California has a, the largest dream catcher. Right. I, I would have figured that the world record would have been the most dream catchers hanging from people's fucking river mirrors. Or the most dream catcher bumper stickers. <laughs> right. So number two is the longest tongue. 3.97 inches from tip to closed lip. That's in California, too? Yeah. Huh. That's insane. So let's do... How convenient is the list? Fairly like convenient. Just name some states. Okay. So let's name some states that we know we have listeners. Let's go Washington. Okay. Number one. Longest time spent continuously on a teeter-totter. God damn. What a boring-ass world record. 75 hours and 10 minutes. What? You're... Listen, Washington. Get your shit together and let's get a real world record. Their second one is interesting. The second for them mm-hmm. is the most expensive hot dog, $169. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. What's Idaho? Okay. Idaho only has two. And the first one is largest straw bale maze, wow. 96,847 square feet. And then the second one is the largest pronghorn hunted. See, that's, I could see that. I mean, that's. Whatever. But yep, the first whatever. one, get your shit together. Come on. Mm-hmm. Straw bale maze. All right, Utah. <laughs> Utah, where Kevin Riley is going to reside. And where Craig is from and Burt Reynolds. Okay, Utah's first one is the longest fingernails ever for a female. 
Really? I thought that was like that India guy. Well, this is for a female. Oh, for a female. So combined length of 28 feet and four and a half inches. What? Hang on. I almost choked on my water. 28 feet and wow. four and a half inches. That's that, disgusting. That is bacteria haven. Right How do there. you even do anything? How That's do you gross. get anything done? Can you imagine wiping your butthole with a 28 foot long fingernail? You can't. You can't. You have to have someone do that. You you could, listen, you could effectively scratch the butthole of a person far, far away from you. Right. With those little, that's that's quite the, that's quite the utensil. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sick right now. Let's do Massachusetts. This is for Allison and Brett number two. Number one, longest career as an ice cream man. Come on. What what list is this? <laughs> these, these are the world records. Apparently, that's a world record. Massachusetts it, is an awesome state that has all kinds of cool shit going on relative to history and everything else. And that's what they come up with? Yeah. He was an ice cream man for 67 years. They're, the second one is the largest toast, as in making toast. 32,904 participants in making toast. All right. Now... <laughs> We're going to wrap it up with this, and I'm assuming... No, we're going to wrap up this list with this. Um, Florida. It's probably going to be oh something my God. super awesome, isn't no, it? No, it's not. Oh. It's dumb. <laughs> the first one is the shortest donkey. The shortest donkey? Yeah. God damn. And it's 25.29 inches tall. Wow, that's pretty short donkey. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little ass. Right. What, uh, what's the second one? The largest pitcher of sangria. God damn. 269 gallons. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> I really apologize. I thought that was going to be a lot better. Oh, dear. So this next story, listen, I want to this. I, I want to send my condolences to all of our vegan, our vegans in the audience, although I suspect there's probably not many. It might not seem like plants listen. But when the caterpillar of the cabbage butterfly starts eating, the Arabidopsis plant hears danger loud and clear. Scientists at the University of Missouri recently discovered that this tiny mustard plant creates chemical defenses in response to the chewing vibrations of this predator. We've known for some time that plants can respond to single vibrations or to music. But we haven't known why they do that and how. They used specialized lasers to detect these vibrations. My part of the collaboration involves recording the tiny vibrations produced by the caterpillars as they're feeding, analyzing those and reproducing them, playing them back to the plant. And Heidi's part is to look at the way the plant responds chemically to deter those herbivores. The results show that plants ignore vibrations created by non-threatening insects and environmental factors like wind, while turning on defenses when the vibrational sound of chewing happens. A grant from the National Science Foundation will let their team continue this research. Understanding how plants detect and respond to sounds in their environment gives us new ways to help plants defend themselves against their insect pests. It also opens the window of plant behavior just a little wider, so we see that Plants respond to outside influences in their environment in ways that we do, although the exact responses may look a little different. That seems problematic for the vegan. Does it not? Yeah, I mean, this hasn't been generalized to humans, but it's... Well, no, it's, just, it's fascinating to me, if you look at it, that it's not even like once the plant starts being eaten, it starts getting bummed and throwing up some defenses. All they have to do is play the audio of the sound of it being eaten, and it throws up the defenses. So it's it's effectively listening. It's listening and reacting from the... That's fucking fascinating. So it the, the plant clearly does not want to be eaten, and it's it's making decisions for itself. It, uh, I think, is problematic for the vegan. Well, and that's what that's what's interesting, too, is so the chemical defense that it puts up makes the caterpillars crawl away and stop eating them. Right. So they're able to defend themselves from the insects. Right. And I also I think it's interesting, too, that 
when they're exposed to different vibrations like the wind or similar insect sounds, they can tell which ones are someone feeding on them. So they're making decisions. It's not even being feeding on. It's which ones are going to be feeding. Right. Like if the plant next door is being munched on and it hears that sound, it can put up its own defense toward the, the, the attacker away. Right. Ward off the attacker. Right. That's remarkable to me. Yeah, it's and insane. like I said, it's problematic for a vegan. And I don't know many vegans, but the vegans I know believe that milk is rape and meat is murder. They believe if you drink a glass of milk, delicious, delicious whole milk, you are contributing to the rape of millions of cattle. Oh, please. That's. I offered a vegan, I offered a vegan one time who was ill, a a <laughs> cough drop. No, well, they, I don't mean mentally ill. Although, oh, okay, yeah. No, uh, I know what you meant. Offered them a cough drop, a a honey lemon cough drop. Uh-oh. And I was rebuffed because it had honey in it. <laughs> Apparently, honey is also rape. They right. didn't want to contribute to rape. Mm. A rape apologist. Wow. They really do believe we live in the ultimate rape culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know that like people have real problems, right? Yeah. There's like real stuff happening. So we're going to post that on the Facebook page, of course, and we would love to hear your opinions. 657-464-7609, short voicemail, text, or I doubt it at dollamore.com. Brittany is very eager for this second to last story. Chapman University, local Orange County University here in Orange, California, did uh, some research and gathered some data collect, uh, about the fears, phobias, and irrational beliefs of both Republicans and Democrats. So for you Democrats, Craig, and the rest of you Democrats, uh, apparently your group also has irrational fears. Right. I'm just going to start generally speaking first, and then I'll get to the partisan breakdown. So this was a sample of 2,500 American okay. adults. Decent so size. So pretty good. And they asked about various paranormal activities and asked people to indicate if they are things that are not real or if they are things that are real. Now, the most common things that people said were not real, uh, starting at about 70% and then going down... This was the first one. Believe you can influence the physical world via positive thought. So most people believed that that was not a real thing. Then most people believe advanced civilizations like Atlantis once existed. So that's good. (laughs) Then most people said that it's not real if you... Believing dreams can foretell the future is not real. Right. So that's good. That's good. And so in this article, they say that it's useful to compare Americans' belief in the paranormal with their understanding of scientific knowledge. They reference a 2014 AP poll that found that 51% of Americans said they were confident that childhood vaccines are safe and effective. And that's roughly the same proportion of Americans who believe houses or rooms can be haunted by spirits. (laughs) So that's a problem. Wow. 51%? Yeah. So they did this by party affiliation as well, and they found that Democrats were slightly and in some cases significantly more likely than Republicans to believe in paranormal phenomena. 75.6% of Democrats agreed that positive thoughts could influence the physical world. Wow. Compared to 68.6% of Republicans. So they're, they're, they love the secret. That book, The Secret. Right. Democrats were significantly more likely than Republicans to believe in fortune telling and about twice as likely to believe in astrology. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, it's so surprising to me that Democrats, because I would consider them liberal and rational, secular, humanist, into science, mostly atheists, although we've learned on this show that's not the case from the different Pew research we've read. Right. But it, I always just have that in my head still. And it freaks me out when so many Democrats believe so much dumb shit. 
Right. So on the other hand, Republicans were significantly more likely to say that Satan causes most of the evil in the world. Obviously, <laughs> right. a reflection of the religiosity within the Republican Party. And then there were no significant partisan differences on belief in Atlantis, UFO, or Bigfoot. So it is disappointing because Democrats and liberals are supposed to be the champions of science, right? But then they're against right. GMOs. They're the people who love food, babe, that charlatan. and Who happens to live in Charlotte, too. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and that's very apropos. And they are people who, you know, post links from greenscience.com. And, Mother Jones. Yeah, it's like if you don't know how to read pure peer-reviewed research articles and you don't like understand how to search and kind of go through the science on these topics don't post things about it that aren't factual and food babes not like a real source she has an agenda she pushes products that she makes money off of right so you need need to take those things into consideration the food babe chick her alternative to uh pumpkin spice latte is listed at the bottom and if you buy it, you get a 10% off coupon because she just led you to it, which means she gets a spiff for it. She's making money off of the alternative products that she offers. It's She's for sure a charlatan. Right. And so it's unfortunate because they should be champions of science. Everyone should be. Of course. But then to see this, you know, where Republicans believe that the, the devil causes evil in the world but they don't believe in astrology uh, what like well, it's just not consistent it's bizarre to me because they believe that is a wacky belief that there is a being named satan or lucifer or Beelzebub, a jabberwocky of sorts <laughs> who who can influence your behavior and put thoughts into your head to do evil right i mean it's Cartoons make a great joke about it with the day, the, the evil, the, the, the devil and the angel on, on your either shoulder, shoulder yeah. right? It's these fucking idiots believe that's a real thing. It freaks me out that you, that there's a, I see your devil right now. <laughs> your devil's showing. And that freaks me out. <laughs> that freaks me out too. But no, it, it freaks me out because this just shows that we have very irrational people on both sides. And we know that. Right. But it's worse than I thought because you, Democrats are significantly more likely than, than Republicans to believe in fortune telling. Goddamn. They I just mean, love throwing their money away. Yeah. And we want to criticize Republicans or the religious right for having these irrational beliefs. But here the Democrats are believing in fortune telling and astrology. And uh, then in the more political issues, the GMOs and, and all that kind of stuff. I remember a time, not so recently, not even a year ago, where you had a little dust up, a mini, mini, tiny, minuscule dust up with someone on Facebook because they were talking about fortune tellers. Oh. You no, know, you were talking about whatever. They came in with something about seeing a fortune teller. You said you didn't believe in that. And they got pissed off and told you you were being negative. Hmm. <laughs> I'm negative a lot. I'm not going to put up with this because I don't like negativity. Well, what happened was is I was trying to have a legitimate conversation about the coincidence that occurs anytime a fortune teller says something that's correct. It's just coincidence. It's not they're these aren't magic people. They right. don't have special powers. It's none of that. You're John Edward. Yeah, you know, they're charlatans. They're mediums. Right. And she told me that I'm not open to it. And that she wouldn't talk to me about it because it was obvious that I wasn't open to it. I think you were trying to steer her to tell her good friend that she had mentioned, who's a psychic, that she needs to go take the James Randi challenge. For $1 million. For $1 million to prove in a, under laboratory conditions her psychic power. I did say that. Yeah, and she that's when she bowed out and said about the negativity or you're not open or whatever. Yeah, I, I'll be going to psychics all the time if they prove their abilities. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. I want to know what happens. Why yes. wouldn't I want to know what's going on in the future? Just that that's not possible. Am I going to pass <laughs> statistics? Someone tell me, please. <laughs> that's seriously a concern, everybody. It is. <laughs> It's week 10, 89%. Where's it going to go now? So Florida files, everybody. That's the tune. That is the tune. 
And we have a good one for you. Police have arrested a woman. They say drenched her roommate with nail polish remover. I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's just that's a lot of nail polish remover. And usually they only come in little bottles. Well, a drench. I think they're taking liberties with the verbiage. Oh, oh I see. I'm just they're painting a picture for me. And I'm you like, think it's like a Home Depot five gallon bucket. Right. Of, of, <laughs> is she making it at home or something? Right, she found right. a Pinterest recipe for nail polish remover. <laughs> Anyway, so drenched the roommate in nail polish remover and set him on fire. Lit him aflame. Now, what was he doing? Was he molesting her daughter? Was he doing something terrible? It's got to be something terrible. No, he tossed out her spaghetti and meatballs. Was it homemade or (laughs) was it like SpaghettiOs? Uh, Does it not say? It doesn't say, but whatever it was. It must have been delicious homemade because... No one freaks out like that over a can. She had an intense connection to these spaghetti and meatballs. It happened at about 2.30 a.m. Her name's Melissa Dawn Sellers. She's 33. And she began arguing with Carlos Ortiz Jr., 42. The two had been drinking. No. Shocker. And Sellers poured nail polish remover over his upper body and ignited him with a lighter or cigarette, police said. Wow. You know, I wonder... We, let's keep talking about this, but I wonder what the, the ratio is of late night, early morning arrests that are not alcohol related relative to those that are. Right. You think it's like a 99 to 1 sober to drunk ratio? Or do you think it's 99 to 1 shit hammer drunk, out of their mind crazy drunk? You know, I have no idea what those ratios mean. We should uh, we should do a little research. And by we, I mean you. Okay, I'll do that. So according to a friend who witnessed the incident, Sellers was angry because Ortiz had thrown out her meal. When Ortiz got up, his face was, quote, melting off, the friend said. Quote, his lips were burning. He was taken to the hospital and he's in so, critical condition with burns to his face, chest, and shoulders. So she was fighting fire with fire because his lips were burning. What better way to put the fire out than to set him on fire? Right. So she's been charged with aggressive, with aggravated battery, and she is very happy in her photo. Yeah. Well, I would be happy too. So this reminds me of a previous roommate sitch that we had. Oh, yeah. Goddamn. I think I'm, I think I'm remembering the one you're talking about. Yeah. These, it was a couple. We lived with another couple. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. And no one got set aflame. No, no, this no, that's it didn't go that far. Um the woman in the relationship didn't do anything all day. She didn't have a job, she didn't go to school, she was a lazy bum. And she, she would go through periods of being super fucking lazy and then go through periods where she was going on cleaning sprees throughout the house which we occupied only one bedroom of. Right. So Jesse loves to cook, and he would occasionally make dinner, and we would put the leftovers in Tupperware into the fridge. In our Tupperware. Our right. Gladware. You could buy at Target or whatever. Right. And at one point, we came home, super hungry to eat our leftovers, and he had made an entire thing of lasagna. It was a ton of lasagna was left. A full, giant, 9 by 13 tray of lasagna. Right. And we came home, and it was gone, and we're wondering where it is, and she threw it away. Yeah. The entire thing of lasagna she threw away because she thought it was rotten. Which, we're in charge of our food. We'll take care of that. Brittany, this is someone who knew Brittany, knew Brittany as being as fastidious as she is, and still thought Brittany was neglecting our shit in the fridge. Also, she threw away the entire thing. She threw away the reusable Tupperware. And she had a thing about that. She didn't know it was reusable. And so she would buy all this Tupperware, which it's relatively expensive. Not expensive, but I mean to continuously buy it all the time. Well, listen, it's meant to be reused over and over and over. It's not It's not disposable. Right. I mean, so if you're taking food to go regularly and you're spending like $8 a week on Tupperware, <laughs> I mean, that's excessive for Tupperware costs. Yeah. And so she would just throw it away continuously. Anyway, it was a terrible situation. In addition to this kind of crap. Uh, You're going to talk about the notes, right? Yeah. In Uh. addition to this kind of stuff, we would come home and there would be a note on the table for Jesse. Well, no, start by telling 
she would leave notes for her fiance, honey do lists that were very demanding. He worked full time, went to school full time. She did nothing. He would come home to a long list of shit to do. A to do list of cleaning things. Right. And then we started coming home to Jesse having to do lists. None of that shit got done, by the way. It would say, Jesse, to do, clean the oven fan or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Insane. Completely insane. She also, they they bought this little fucking message board, chalkboard thing that they hung up in the kitchen. And she started writing me notes on that, all of which got fucking straight up ignored. I did nothing. Fuck you. How about that? Ugh. How about that? Uh, I, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I want to put a call out to the audience. What kind of terrible roommate situations have you had? Oh, God. This is going to be real good. Yeah, real, real good. Because we know that there's tons out there. Yeah, 657-464-7609. Leave us a, a less than three-minute voicemail there of your terrible, terrible, crazy roommate stories. Listen, next episode is going to be a little different uh, because Brittany and I are going to to Spokanistan. We we didn't want to do a double episode that wasn't going to be totally up to date with news. So I put a call out on the web page about different Halloween stories or embarrassing moments or whatever. And we've got a few stories, but I'm going to compile some stories and put that together for episode 69. So you can be ready for that uh, for the Monday episode. But rest assured, one week from today, we will be back with a fresh, brand new, topical news. News. Related episode. All normal. But from the stories I've already, I've already compiled about ha- uh, Halloween and everything, it's a good one. There's some really, really good shit in there. So listen, we are going to wrap it up there. As I've said, and as I always say, we love you. Thank you for taking the time. Goddamn, we are the luckiest podcasters out there. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Don't let anybody tell you that it's corporations and businesses that create jobs. 